Hey guys, it's Christy of the Closet Series. Today we are talking about one of my favorite topics in the entire world, intuition. Intuition is so underutilized by the vast majority of us and completely misunderstood because sure, there is absolutely a stigma attached to the woo side of it. And at the same time, it's in all of us and it's an, a completely undertapped power that we all have to be able to make better decisions for our lives so that we can live more satisfying and fulfilling lives. And oftentimes intuition comes to us at very inopportune times. So we may want to logically think a certain way, but our intuition is telling us otherwise. And that's okay. It, you know, it's one of those things that the more you work with it and you practice it, the more you can actually use it as another tool in whether it's your toolbox that you consider it, or just in your way of navigating life, it's your inner compass it's your higher self, it's whatever you want to call it. And fortunately, we have Shirella Forrester, who is an intuitive and has been reading tarot cards for over 22 years. And the reason I love Shirella is because she makes the whole idea and topic of intuition so much more practical and enticing as an opportunity to be able to check in with yourself before you do anything really so that you can make decisions from a place that is much more aligned with who you are. And intuition often comes at very in inopportune times. So we always have it going on, but we often dismiss it because a lot of times it's telling us what will benefit us and what will protect us. And at the same time, it may not be very convenient. So Shirella helps just create a lightness to it. She's really funny and she offers clear strategies to help you take off whatever layers you have that are covering up your own intuition. I often like to call it just polishing the silver. We all have that silver in us it might just be a little tarnished and you just need to polish it. And she's not blind or swayed by the stigma at all that comes with her profession. And she's deeply aware of how to use her gifts to help others enhance their own wisdom. And she shares all of her insights with all of us. And I cannot wait for you to tune in. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Shirella Forrester. When I started embracing this work, I really wanted people to help see their own genius, right? The genius is in the body, they know. You know what your intuition is saying. My job is to help you decipher it, read it and discern it, like really understand what it is saying. So I think what's powerful in these kinds of sessions and you've said it great, you know, best is like, I'm just reframing what you kind of already know. And sometimes there's surprises. I mean, sometimes there's an intuitive hit that, that you know, the person's not aware of, but it, it also depends on the person who's being read for their level of awareness. So, um, yeah, I mean, I call it like taking the external or the internal and then bringing it to the external, right? Where you're, you already have this internal knowing. And so let's bring it out into the conscious mind so we can be aware of what our internal being is saying. And that's really what intuition is. I mean, it's, 
you know, it's quite simple, but it's hard. It's even hard for me to like discern for my own stuff. It's really easy for me to read for others. But when it's my stuff, it's, it's hard to see because you have these blind spots and there's times where you just really don't want to look at what you need to look at to get on the right path. Yeah. And so speaking to that, like having to look at things that you don't necessarily want to look at, what would be something that you would suggest for people just to start dipping their toes in as like a low stakes? Because I feel like when I feel like low stakes are pretty much anything that's uncomfortable naturally is building the same muscle, but you're just doing it in a way that's not as risky. So then all of a sudden you get like a super strong intuitive hit. You're, you're so much more aware of where it hits in your body because you didn't start big. You started like, you know, I'm going to um, go left instead of right because I have 10 minutes to kill. And let's just try out my intuition and see, you know, like it's just yeah. a mistake. So what would be a way for people to just start dipping their toes into being more cognizant of like, the intuitive hits they get? Oh yeah, I think that's great. I think that's a great question. Um, so one of the things that I'll do when people need a practice is tell them like, ask for a symbol or ask for a sign, ask for something that can show up pretty quickly. So like parking is really easy. Like, hey, I wanna get you know the right parking space and um, I'm gonna intuitively follow where my body tells me to go to park where there's gonna be an available spot. And then that's how you can see it on the external because you're like, okay, I just followed and, you know, I turned here and then here it was. Who was this parking space? Something like that. Or you can ask for little signs like someone to call you or if you feel like, okay, I'm thinking of this person um, and then, you know, you want them to reach out or something like that and then they do. So I feel like practicing like that with little things where you can see kind of immediate reactions, then you start to build the muscle, like you said, the trust. And then you're like, okay, if I can trust that, then I can start to trust the bigger things that are coming in. Yeah. And it all goes back to trusting yourself. Like it's, it's, it's yeah. so much. I heard once from um, Carolyn Miss, if you're familiar with mm -hmm. Carolyn Miss, mm -hmm. right? Like she, one of the things that she said about intuition, like straight out of the gate with the, I think it's, what is it? The anatomy of the soul is one of yeah. her books. She's yeah. like self-esteem. She goes, it's, and, and I didn't get it at first. I was like, what is and it's so about like, it's just, it's trusting yourself and having the confidence to trust what you're feeling. So can you just speak to that, elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, no, and I, I love the way she frames it. In fact, she is the reason I'm an intuitive. She, cool. I, I'll tell you a little backstory. I, was, I had twins and I was going through a divorce. Um, you know, I, had, I was married. I had two little two-year-olds. I mean, they were very young. And um, my gifts were kind of showing themselves and had been for a while. And my ex-husband was like, really didn't understand it. You know, and he was like, this is so weird. It's wishy-washy. I don't like where you're going with this. Anyway, we ended up divorcing and... Carolyn Miss's books that I found were the ones who cracked me open because I thought, you know, here's this woman tell, telling you about you can have an esoteric, spiritual, mystical path and that you should, everybody really should. It's going back to what you said. Um, you know, it's really just trusting yourself. And she had a specific path, you know, and then she met up with this beautiful Native American and then it kind of changed course of where she ended up going. And she's just been a beautiful light. And, and she really likes like, Carl Jung's work and, and things like that. So she breaks it down into archetypes and the archetypes of who you are. And so her book was, it, it gave me permission to explore my intuition and to really understand that this is a sense, this is a language, this is a piece of every being that we need to understand. So I love the way she frames it and what you, you know, expressed is that it is just trust. It's just trusting, trusting what's coming up. Because we all have it. 
we all have this ability to tap into our intuition. Um, I think it's also like you said earlier, muscle. Um, you know, like if someone plays tennis, I, 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 let's bring up Tiger Woods, for instance. We know that he was a gifted golfer. Like he was, an, he was a kind of savant when it came to that, right? But then if you really study what he does to become the best golfer, so he had the natural ability, but then he added on, you know, the layers and layers and layers of practice. And that's what I think I've done is I, had, I took that natural ability and then just studied and really tried to drill down in how can I help others see that they have this ability as well. And you do it so beautifully, and, and which is what I love about working with you, too, is that I feel like I'm on the phone with, like, a girlfriend, kind of just shooting the shit, like, oh, and by the way, let's just kind of, let's ask another question, and then we just kind of, and you and I definitely meander a little bit, because we have so many similar just thought processes, and our work is somehow aligned, too, so we have a tendency to, to gab a little bit, but it, it always yeah. uncover it's always beneficial, because it always uncovers the next question so organically, that yeah. I never come. I did it first. I came to you with like a list of questions, and then if I, and now that I've advanced as your client, I come very with like <laughs> no questions. I just sometimes I show up. And I'm like, let's just see what's out there. Like, let's see what yeah. it's to be figuring out. You know, and if we can talk too, which I I loved this um, one session that we had when we did a really big focus on. I talked to you about being of service during the time of COVID. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a mm -hmm. huge feeling of helplessness, especially now. Like, oh my God, we're we're in such a uh, a deep feeling of despair, and it's ebb and flow. It's yeah. not as heavy, heavy, but there are big plunges of this helplessness, this hopelessness, and there are a lot of people out there that do want to be of service. And so, can you speak at all in regards to? what people can do if there's any practices that they can do to trust themselves more hone their intuition so that they can then focus on where they're supposed to be going uh, how best to be of service right now yeah i mean i think the, mo the what's coming up for me when, when you ask that question is presence it's just staying present and just doing what you can every day right not trying to see the end game because we don't know what's around the corner. So that's part of the trust is just trusting that right now. And I think about this. Okay. So my house is built in, this is, I'm going to go off on a tangent a little bit, but my, I love it. <laughs> 1901 and when the pandemic and the COVID started. I, I had this, you know, we were reading about the Spanish blue of 1918. And one day I just thought this house, the people here survived that they were here during that time. And one day I was looking out the window and I thought, you know, back then they were only aware of their immediate surroundings. So did they even know that they were having this massive pandemic all over the world, right? They knew it was affecting their immediate community. And, you know, how could they stay safe and how could they help, you know, how can they take food to a neighbor or how could they make sure the horses got to wherever they needed at the time? And so I was really inspired by just being like thinking about the occupants of this home and that they survived a time like that and that they had to stay present because they didn't have social media. They didn't have the things. I mean, we can use social media as a tool to help more people, but um, it brought me back to this present, like just stay present. What can you do in your immediate community? How can I help people right around me? How can I just witness what's happening right here, you know, and if you're in different places in the world, like if you're in California or in Oregon and you're, you're witnessing these outrageous fires, you're doing something different, 
you know, to help the community than you are maybe in upstate New York or in New York or here in Utah where I'm at. So for me, I think it's just staying present and listening. And what can I do today? And then, you know, how can I help tomorrow? That's what helped me through this whole thing is like, because I try to take off the whole thing in a big chunk. And that's what I do with my intuition. I look at, I love to look at the future and what's coming. And that's my favorite thing. And so when this happened, I thought you don't get to see all the way around the corner right now, but you do get to be right here right now. And how can I stay here? You know, how can I focus here? And what can I do in my immediate community to help out? So I have, I, I love that. So I, I got the chills when you were talking about that you, you said to yourself, like you don't get to look into the future because you, for your work, you, you do kind of project into the future. So I'm wondering, was it an intuitive hit for you to not look into the future? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it literally struck me one day because I, I, I ran across a story about the Spanish flu and I thought, oh, my house is older than that. Like people lived here, you know, and I just had this whole conversation in my head about, hmm, what can I do? What did they do? You know, and granted, we have better medicine. We have social media. We do have some tools that can help us. But I thought maybe that's getting us too spliced out and it's making us, you know, because they couldn't do anything more than their community. They didn't have the tools. They didn't have cars. They didn't have social media that all they could do is be affected by what was immediately around them. And I thought, yeah, if there's a fire, you're not safe. You need to do something immediately there. You know, if you've got an outbreak in your city that's happening and it's close by in the schools or whatever, how can you help, you know, with that? And so that's what helped me kind of just, especially early on, like March, April, May, there was a lot of fear coming up around it. And it felt like this invisible enemy, like it was going to get you if you stepped outside the door. That's kind of what helped me move into that. Um, space. And that, you know, we are, I also believe that, and this is just my thought process around this, but the reason why this 2020 is so hard. So everyone was so, including me, I was so excited to go into 2020. because so I was like, oh, the year of vision, this is going to be a great year. And even me with my intuitive skills, I did not see this year coming. Now, what is interesting is I'll, and I'll go backtrack. I taught a tarot class, a beginner's tarot class back in February, an in-person class for 12 women and um, I've taught classes for years, but the theme that was coming up a lot in the class, because I had people draw cards every day, was um, the death card and the tower card, death card, tower card. But I'm so used to relating it to an individual experience as a reader. So I was like, wow, people are really going to have a rough time. Like they're going to have the rug pulled out from underneath them. They're going to go through what I call a tower card experience. Now, as a collective tower card experience, I used to liken that to the 9-11 experience because as a collective, we could understand what that felt like to lose a major, you know, part of our, um, you know, lose a major part of, you know, our community, especially for the people in New York, but it affected the whole world, right? It was this, um, you know, idea that we're not safe and, how could this have happened, right? So when I would pull that card, I used to say, you know, that's like an experience similar to 9-11. There's really no good choices. You're in a situation where both of your choices are hard. But going back to what I think is really happening is 2020 is the year of vision. That is still correct. It's just that we have to pull down the... Um, the structures that aren't working for us, right? Like that, that structure, that home, that 
whatever the foundation was built on wasn't solid enough. So people are reframing that and rebuilding and they're basically taking it down. And so you're seeing that happen on a collective, you know, for the whole world, but we're also seeing it happen individually. So, I mean, when they were pulling the cards, I thought, well, it's right for them as well. Cause we're all going to go through this experience. Um, but it's especially, it's asking us to take a look at the shadow and never before have we had the shadow brought right to the door. Like hand delivered at our door. We're so yeah. scared of like the darkness, right? But like hand delivered at the door as a gift as us. And, and, and so when I'm hearing you say that about 2020, it's like, it is, it is clarity. It's just not how we expected it to be clarity. Exactly. And, you know, like, not at all. And then no. for people who aren't familiar with the with tarot, tarot readings and cards, can you just speak, because the death card isn't just death. I mean, we're talking about the pandemic, and so, of course, we think of death, but a big part of it is change, right? Change, yeah. Transformation. In fact, I brought my deck, so I created my own deck. Oh, beautiful. I saw that. Um, it's called Forrester Tarot, but um, I'll just show you images. As we're talking, I can pull up these images of the tower card and and the death card and the death card is never to be feared. And one of the things that I did with this deck is, um, you know, cause I've been reading for 22 years. The tarot to me is just language. It's just a way to reframe the archetypes a lot. Like what Carolyn Miss talks about, Carl Jung talks about what I love about the language is it's, you're looking at the archetypes and anyone, even if you don't know how to read, you can identify with these archetypes. Like if you see the Empress, she's this beautiful pregnant woman. She represents creativity. She rips, she represents the, the divine feminine. I mean, and the feminine is the person who brings in, you know, another being from the other world into this world. And so it also talks about birthing something into reality. Um, so it's just a highly creative. So when you see that, and I can show it to you if I can find it, um, you know, even if you don't know the language, you would be able to resonate with this archetype. So it's, it's your own projection of um, putting what you feel like, what, you know, when that card comes up onto this, um, this archetype or onto this image. Well, I'll just show you the death card because that came up. But that's what that looks like. Oh, I love the horn. And it's so beautiful. Like, I see death cards. I see the classic one. And it's like, um, I think it's like the black cape. And it's like very ominous. Where that reminds me, I, ha I actually have like a, I think it's a skull of, it's a smaller animal and it was designed by a local artist and she has like, it's just so feminine. Like that looks so mm -hmm. feminine. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to do a less yeah, scary version of the card. This is the tower card. Oh, cool. Me, this is interesting because these are the redwoods and this is a fire. You oh, know. wow. You know, and then the forest actually needs fires so that these trees can regenerate. We don't understand that as humans because we have a shorter lifespan, but not the kinds of fires that are raging now, not that, that big, but they do need fires for regeneration. So it is just transformation. And when those cards kept coming up, I thought, gosh, people are gonna go through a lot of transformation. And we all are. Because I think what 2020 is doing is it is forcing us to discard what no longer serves, like you were talking about. It's bringing the shadow right to the doorstep. So we can't just run around in, in abundance and opulence and, and ignore that. We're being forced to really look at what's no longer, I mean, how quickly did we all go into reserves of like, all right, I got to tighten up my money. I got to figure out how to, you know, live simpler. I've got to, you know, just kind of put us in this reframe, if you will. 
and what matters, right? Like, be safe. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the external yeah. and the internal, like, like saving material stuff. Some people hoarding material stuff, but just yeah. what are necessities. And then also the, the internal sieving. I just, I keep saying that like COVID is this huge mother sieve and all mm. gems are different per person. The gems yeah. are what it's telling you to keep in your life. And, and oh, right. I love that. And, to, I love that. and it's, and then you can make it so beautiful because whatever gems you see are always beautiful. It just, it's depending on the person. So it's, you're going to hear about COVID divorces. You're going to hear about COVID um, re renewal of vows. You're going to hear about COVID babies. You're going to hear about COVID uh, like resurrection of careers. Like people are going to have epiphanies or not. I mean, and, and so there's something too about, allowing yourself to accept that it's okay if you don't have that huge transformative some yeah. people may not have that and, it, and I feel like acceptance is kind of the golden word that no one has really talked about it's like resilience and like be strong and we can get through this but it's also sure. there's this like receptive quality that comes from acceptance and I, I had one of my girlfriends over last night for dinner and we were, it just reminded me because I'm looking out the window and seeing the trees blowing. And we were talking about how acceptance is so metaphorical to like a leaf. It sounds so simple, but the simplicity of it is so true. Like it's a leaf that naturally falls off a tree. It just, it's mm -hmm. not forced off the tree. It's not yanked off the tree. It's just when winter comes, the leaf just very beautifully floats, falls yeah. to the ground. And then speaking of regeneration, then another one comes and then it falls off the ground and it accepts what its path is. And it, yeah. So to go off of that, um, can you, it made me think right away of accepting that. So we're in this space in life with like feminine, masculine energy of like receiving and also then acting. So can you give a very, um, one-on-one, brief one-on-one on masculine and feminine energy, and then maybe segue into how we know it's intuition. Mm, okay. That's a really good question. The feminine energy, the way I kind of frame it up is if you're, if you're in your masculine, you're the doer, you're doing, right? You're like active, got to get this done. Words that come up around that is, um, you know, just do it or, um, you know, anything that's doing that puts you in your masculine. And I believe we need to be in a balanced state, right? The masculine energies on the planet need to embrace the feminine parts of them and the feminine, um, people on the planet. And however you identify with that need to embrace, there's this balance. We do need masculine energy, right? Cause we do need to get things done. And so we're not discarding what the masculine energy teaches us. We're embracing it. The sun to me is very masculine. It's confident. You can count on it. It's essential, right? So the sun represents to me what the masculine, you, we can literally count on the sun will rise every day. And if it doesn't, we don't have food. We don't have warmth. I mean, there's a lot of things. So if you look at the masculine energy, its job is to kind of provide, protect, do, you know, get sort of those daily things done. The feminine is more aligned to the moon. It's more the path of mystery. So it's a little bit more pulled back. It's the receiver, if you will. Even if you look at like sexually, the way um, masculine energy, everything is on the outside of the body where the feminine, it's more contained, it's inside. And so to me, I mean, 
it's like a magnet. There's a polarity happening. So we need both pieces to kind of keep the tension, to keep the, um, you know, the beauty of the holding. So I was thinking about the leaf falling and I was thinking like it, it accepts its, Oh, mm -hmm. it kind of, it, it, it's like it accept, accept, it knows it's a duty. It accepts it's a duty here. Yeah. Faith in it isn't fighting against it. Like, no, it's not my time not to fall off the tree. Right. So beautiful. And at the same time, there is a masculine energy in that and like the growth and the doing, but then it's the receiving of the new yeah. that falls off. So I, it, it was, it wasn't even a fully fleshed out idea. It was more out of, um, so it's more out of like divinely guided action is mm. intuition. Okay. Yes. Right. Is that intuition? Yes. Is it always the same? So if I learned how to be more intuitive, um, like I, I personally had a lot of intuition when I was a kid and then it kind of got covered and then started coming out more. But say like at 14, you start learning how to trust your intuition and you realize like your intuition hits you on the top of your neck. Like you just get a tingle and that's where it hits you. Does it stay mm -hmm. the same for the rest of your life or does it hit you in different spots? So that's, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good question. No one's ever asked me that. And I don't think I've ever thought about it. I mean, there's the different ways that you can be intuitive. Like you can be clairaudient where people hear, or you can be clairsentient where they feel. Um, so I do think that you can exercise any of those muscles and get better at them. Um, you can be clairvoyant, which is seeing. Um, so for me, I'm here, I hear. So I'll get a buzz like in my right ear. I, and I don't hear anything specifically. I just feel a zzz, like a little buzz. And then I know I got the information and it'll come up and it feels like my own thoughts, to be honest. You know, like I'll be cruising along maybe an hour later and I'm like, oh, mm -hmm, yeah, that's a cool thought. And that's, but it's not, you know, that's when I've recognized like, oh, that hearing that you got or that idea that you got um, came through and now it's sitting in your body and then you're able to bring it up. So um, I'm not really sure. I don't think I can answer that question, whether it stays the same. It, it has for me as far as that goes, but then there's other things that I think that you can continue to practice and continue to get better at. I mean, like you said, it's like training, it's like exercise, you know, like you, you, you move this muscle and it's going to do what it needs to do. But I think following the prompts in the way that it naturally comes in for you, like if it came in as a shoulder, as as just a knowing. And some people just walk around like, I just know that this is coming. I know that this is happening. And they don't, it's like a gut reaction. Yeah. So it's my body. And I think it's something that people can explore and just kind of practice with themselves and see like, what's the easiest way it comes in or what's the preference, you know? Um, but I, I don't think I've ever been asked that question. And I don't think I really know the answer, to be honest. I think that you just have to kind of see what works for you. Yeah. And, and so much of it goes back to what you were originally saying um, in regards to the presence, right? Because you have to be able to be aware enough to even realize where your intuition is hitting you in the first place. When people yeah. say, I think it's probably a collective unanimous phrase of, I don't know how I know, I just know kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And if you start paying attention to those moments for people who actually care and are get excited about it to like journal it out, like, oh, that I knew about that or go back in your life. Like where are those moments that you just knew 
whether yeah. it's something that was advantageous or something that you just had a, a feeling like, oh, this is not the way I want to go and write them all down and see if you can remember what happened right before. If you can remember where it fell on you, because I feel like if it's just to go with that same, like if it's like the back of the hair and your neck stands up and you yeah. pay more attention and that strengthens, I, I want to believe that you're still strengthening your intuition overall. So if it shifts to something else, you'll still know it's intuition, even if it's now in your gut or even if yeah. it's on your shoulder. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree because I, I don't know if it's going to come in like a specific way because, I mean, like you said, a lot of people just think that they go with this, I just had a gut feeling. I had a gut feeling. Well, that's intuition. That's your gut has its own brain, right? It has its own intelligence. So it is communicating to the body. And like you said, with this fear coming up the back of the neck, I mean, your body knows when it's in danger. When you get that kind of response, it's like you walk into a place and all of a sudden you feel like I shouldn't be here. I need to be on alert. I mean, that's how intuition also works in your body. It, you know, it is a protective mechanism to keep us from getting off path. Yes. Especially in relationships where you can yes. look back saw the flags and you ignore them anyway because yeah. you just wanted the outcome <laughs> yes and across the board platonic or romantic and so I, yeah. actually i'm so glad you brought that up because that was kind of where i was going before when i was getting my thoughts tangled because i had like a few different questions so going back to like young so i had um a great great fortune to be asked to run a training program for teenage girls in our community it was awesome. Fabulous. It was by our local um, community college to give them a shout out, Mohawk Valley Community College. And it was called Girl Soaring. And um, Girl Soaring? Yeah. Soaring? Oh, yeah. awesome. I love that. Yes. And Kristen Scobla, she's a fantastic community member and she created it. And she asked me to run it, to facilitate it. And so we had all girls from all over the, the area, you know, from different schools yeah. that were able to come together for something beyond sports. And besides, I art, which I just loved, like, oh, it was so great. And so yeah. what came up where I, I felt like I needed more insight and training on, and I want to defer to you for this. There was a big question that I felt would be beneficial to specifically teenagers, because there's that rite of passage. And, mm -hmm. you know, back in the day for me, it was like drinking in the woods now it's like mm -hmm. prescription pills in mom or dad's cabinet at a party, which is terrifying. Yeah. And so how can, we'll say specifically teenagers, maybe this will shift, but how can they differentiate between a gut feeling of like, no, that is, or the, it's the wrong guy, or I'm getting a weird vibe from this person versus mm -hmm. um, fear of something that is beneficial i mean i think i think the way to answer that especially in a teen brain is um you know because they're still forming all of their their brain is still forming but um your body i guess the way i would look at it would be your body your body really does know the difference you can tell when it's a hell yes or it's a hell no and you can tell where like you're saying like I just don't want to get up. I have anxiety about, you know, speaking in front of the class or doing this math problem because you're not in harm. You know, there's nothing really is going to harm you there. But when your intuition is talking about like, don't take those pills or maybe don't go out with this guy, it is a different feeling. And so it's going back to what Carolyn Miss said and what you brought up in the beginning. It's just trust. It's knowing that there is this mechanism in the body that you can trust 
you can count on it and it's exercising that muscle so that you can get good at it. But yeah, I think when it's riddled in, when your body is, um, how can I say this? Like when you're, when it feels fearful or it feels um, like there's just a ton of fear around it, I would say, pay attention to that, right? Where it's like, if there's just a discomfort, like getting up in front of the class, that's a discomfort. That's not real fear. But when there's a real fear, like don't jump off this cliff, then that's how you pay attention, right? If you get a real, or when you walk into a room or you walk into a bar or something and you feel like you've gone into the wrong place, you, you can tell the difference. And so for a teenage brain, I think they just need to exercise that and understand that they need to go back into their own body and know what's best for them because they're going to get peer influence, right? And the peer influence, what's good for someone else and their experience might not be good for them. So they need to learn how to trust that. And I don't know if that's answering the question specifically, but like recently I had a friend and she's in her forties, but um, she was jumping in Moab. Two people jumped in Moab um, on this cliff into this little pool and they were fine, but her body said, don't jump. And she ignored that intuition and cause she saw two people in front of her go and they were fine. So she just thought, oh, that's fear. I can, I'm fine. But her body did, was telling her like, this is not for you. And she shattered both of her, both of her, she shattered her feet, shattered her. Um, I don't know what these bones are called. The lower leg bones. Yeah. And she has two kids, single mom. She's been in a wheelchair for four months now. She is walking again, but she, they had to re they basically had to build plates for her heels because her heels were completely shattered. And what happened is in that area, there's usually a sign like don't jump here because there is a really small window of where you can make it and you're fine. But the rest of it is pretty treacherous because it's, it's more shallow and people take that sign down, I guess. And so in the hospital near Moab, Utah, they have this happen a lot where people jump in this place and they break their feet and they break their shadows. And unfortunately for her, this is a really tremendous impact on her life and body where she can look at now in hindsight and say, I should have listened to that intuition because her body was telling her. And she said, I, I felt my body screaming, screaming. You don't need to do that. You don't need to jump. And that two seconds of fun, you know, that two seconds of into the water wasn't worth what she had to go through. Um, so that's kind of what I'm saying is like exactly it. testing it and, and not testing it to the point where you have to have that experience because I don't believe you have to have that experience to know how it works. Yes. God forbid, you know, that's, oh yeah. my, my heart goes out to her. Like, I know. And, and, and so who can't relate to that at some point in their life, my body was saying, don't get in the car. And I got in the car. My body was saying, yep. don't walk in the door. And I walked in the door and yeah, on the other side was something, and, and maybe it wasn't to the extreme of your friend, Right. It was something that you just knew. And so that's exactly what I'm talking about. And it, and it's that understanding of differentiating between listening to yourself, always yeah. inside out, always inside out, right? Like it's yep. like, it's, it's always an inside job. It's, yep. it is. And so I feel like we all could be your friend in some way in regards to, turning our body off because we are 
looking to look stronger or be more courageous or want approval or not wanting to disappoint. And, yep. and I just feel like we're, how can we be over, how can we as a, as a big united team be over that for each other? <laughs> because that's yeah. it. Oh, I love the way you're thinking about this too, because, um, you know, what you're bringing up for everybody is I think what we can do as stewards of others is give permission, right? Because we are so, as a collective, ready to talk people out of it. Oh, you can do it. You, you should do this, you know? Whereas what you're saying is just be stewards of, recognize that intuition is a thing. And if, if it's coming up for somebody in a really strong way, it's not pushing the boundaries beyond their own capacity, right? right. So it's like, if they're having fear about something or they're getting an intuitive hit on something, then we just need to all respect that. And if we had more conversation around it, I think people would be. It would normalize it. Yeah, but it's embarrassing to go, oh, I, you know, especially for my friend. I know in her brain, she was like, I feel silly to say my intuition is telling me not to jump because we don't have those conversations in the world. You know, it doesn't, it's not a conversation that we have every day. But you know how cool it would be because I, I'm so speaking on behalf of myself, but if, if that was that situation and two people jumped and your friend was standing there and had that feeling and just said, you know what? Nope. And they're like, come on, come on. Or you're such a wimp. Or, or, or if they just said, come on. And she's like, no, I'm not into it. And walked down. I'd be like, wow, yeah. I'm so freaking confident. Like totally. And without even oh, yeah. explanation. Right. So like no explanation of like my, cause there there's major vulnerability being like, not between you and me because we're on the same wavelength of that. It right. would be a given like, Sherella, I'm just, my intuition would be like, I totally get it. But not yeah. even having to explain it, just going, no, and being confident about it would, yeah. I don't know anybody who wouldn't look at that like, cool, she didn't have to explain herself and I yeah. feel her confidence and there's integrity with that too. So, I, But I feel like we have all been where your friend is, maybe not yeah. to the extreme of it. So you totally hit the the question because it okay. was exactly that it's that feeling of and even going back to standing up in front of the class because that's such a universal fear of public speaking right it's like oh, right still outshines death i think even after the death of the pandemic i think people are still terrified of public speaking and um yeah I, you know what I mean? people are just kind yeah. of so connecting the dots pretty much of everything that you've said so far it's like when you talked about your house and you were comparing it to what's currently happening and saying, you know, they only, the people who lived here before only were able to see right outside their window. They didn't have the inner, so there's, so that sense, uh, cause I'm hearing so much fear. And, and when I, I'm hearing, and maybe they're not mutually exclusive, but I'm hearing like fear intuition. Like they're, they're easily inner confused and mistaken. Yeah. And, and they're also very different. Intuition yeah. is never fear. It's, it's more yes. like what I've noticed too is there's more of a, like a, a safe, peaceful security of intuition. It's very nurturing when yes. I an intuitive hit, like protection. That's the word. Totally. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Protection. Because that's what it is. It's the yeah. mechanism in your body that will prevent you from. Yeah. 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 So and the fear, yeah. my friend that jumped, you know, her fear was like, I fear of missing out on this fun activity. Fear of maybe being judged if I don't jump. Fear of, uh, you know, oh, they were, they were fine. And so what, what am I afraid of, right? But the, her body was telling her. And she said, every fiber of my being was telling me not to jump. It was screaming at me. And so you can look at that situation where she over, 
right? And even then, I mean, it was a fear-based decision, right? Because she saw the fear coming up in her body, but she didn't listen. Yeah, your intuition will guide you in a way that isn't fear-based necessarily. It's going to it's going to give you comfort. It's going to give you kind of the hell yes. Mm-hmm. If you're wrangling with something because you're afraid. So I, I guess I would go back to, if you're going to make a decision out of pure fear, it's probably the wrong decision. Yes. You have to make that decision out of the calm, collective, hell yes in your body. And you know it. You can feel that. And you don't need, and you don't need the... Um, the how, like, that's one thing I noticed too. Like when you get more, more familiar with your intuition, there's protection and there's also, you have faith in the ambiguity of it. Yes. We're in this massive state of like this frozen ambiguity with the state of our world and on a smaller, very poignant and very, um, it's, 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 um, it like transcends it's, it's our life force is like that intuitive. It never leaves us. Right. So it's that intuition that is so nurturing and protective. So when you listen to it, what I've noticed is that I have so much more faith, not having to plan it out. I mean, you and I are both scorps. Like we like to, yeah. like, we like to like, you know, control things and I get happy, but I like to manipulate things to work the way that I think they should go. And, Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's one of those things where I have literally loosened, I've softened and I've loosened that feeling of like, okay, that's my, intu- now I have to figure it out. I have so much more faith and I'm going to get another hit at some point. And it's that whole yeah. feminine receptive energy instead of that go, go, go. So just bringing everything you said, I just love the idea of when you were first talking about your house in regards to how people can be of service and you said presence outside of our house and to our community it's all fear so the people hundreds of years ago who lived in your house they were they were only they had such a minimal amount of fear because they weren't exposed to not just the news but also the energy field that is so insane with fear so there's that presence there's the moment by moment like just here's what I'm supposed to do today. And I have faith that what, what I'm supposed to do tomorrow is going to show up. Um, and true faith, energetically, yeah. not just mental faith. Like I want to believe it, but energetically I don't because you and I both right. know that what's going to come then is what's happening here. But like, totally. that's super important, super important. And like, how can you get yourself into that, that space? We'll have you back on to talk about that because that's a whole <laughs> other, that, that's a whole other conversation, but that moment by moment, um, and, and so, so much of presence and self-awareness and just consistently practicing that. And then we've talked about before too, self-compassion, like having self-compassion for yourself during all of it. If you do something that's quote unquote wrong, it's not really wrong because that's part of the process of figuring out your intuition. 100%, 100%, you hit the nail on the head because how else are you gonna learn? You know, you got to hit some miss balls to get the right ball or, you know, you've got to have some misses to get the wins. But what yeah. you want to do is take a big miss like my friend did, you know, where, yeah. And um, kind of going back to what you said with the feminine and this other words coming up for me is the more the surrender. Mm-hmm. It's like just, and you were talking about this with the trees. It, yeah. it, 
surrender. You use the word acceptance, which I think is so beautiful, but along that same vein is the surrender to the receiving and just saying, you know, how can I, how can I stay in that space and receive and receive is part of your intuition too, because you have to be still enough to listen. Mm -hmm. If you're constantly in drama and chaos, you won't hear it. You won't even be able to witness it. And you've seen those people that just cannot get out. They can't slow down for 10 seconds and we're in a frenetic world. And so the freneticism takes us away from hearing and understanding right? Like you said, news, we can pop onto a virtual world. We can get on Facebook. We can turn on the news. We can get on Instagram. We can get into other people's worlds. And that's why I liked what happened for me early on is I just thought, and I literally was looking out my window and I thought, you know what? The people here could own, they, they were forced to stay present and they were only affected by what they immediately could see, feel, touch here. And I'm not saying we don't create an awareness around other things that are going on. Like we want to be aware that things are happening in California. We want to be able to help that community, things in Oregon, whatever. Um, but if you're in a place that's different from that, how can you be present in your own community and how can you stay, you know? Yes. And you just, you nailed what you had just said seconds ago is you nailed all the five senses, which is all body. <laughs> Yeah. Like they had to do what they smell, what they hear, what they see, what they hear. I think I said already, but like everybody knows the five senses and what they're physically feeling, not emotionally feeling. It's the yeah. fastest way to get back in your body. Yeah. You know, exactly. They were, they were, they were forced to, and all, and also I'll even say like beyond forced to, they were naturally allowed to because they didn't yeah. have a, yeah, they didn't have these other awarenesses of what yeah. was going on. They were like, is my neighbor sick? Am I sick? Yes. Farmer's market or the farmer need help or whatever it was, you know, and that's what I can control. I can help there. Yes. Oh, all right. So, so exciting. So you are going to show us how an intuitive session with you works and we're going to yeah. do a little mini with me. So I, I do a unique style of reading. So normally a full hour session, we would go past, present, future, right? And I actually have my clients not tell me much about themselves so that I can look at what's coming up in the past, what's coming up in the, or what happened in the past, what's present, what's future. Then we go into what's we specific questions. Now, the way it works is the more specific your question is, the more specific the answer can be. So if you ask a really vague question, which you can ask, um, but you're going to get a more vague. So an example of that would be, say you're dating two people and you're like, I want to know which, which person is better for me. Well, you're not going to get a real, you're going to get a mixed bag of the energies that are around that question, right? So I won't be able to discern who's who in that reading. So what I would do in that situation is I would say, let's look at the energy of what's coming up. If you were to choose this person's always choice, the cards are never going to tell you exactly what to do. Mm -hmm. Not a forecasting this is the inevitable future no matter what you can always pivot you have free will you can always switch you can always change to what may be working better for you but what the cards will express is like if you stay on the same trajectory or if you stay on this path these are some of the options that are going to come up um, and then if you were to look at like frame the other person that you were dating you're going to see the possibilities there you can do that with a job too like and what a lot of times will show you is this job will be more stressful but it's higher paying or something like that, or this job is in a better location. It's not as, you know, so whatever your goals are at the time, if your job is to make a lot of money and that's more important to you than location, 
then you're going to see that this reading over here or this opportunity over here may be better for you to explore at that time. So again, you're, you're, when you're getting read for, um, you're very much a participant. And as, as, as best you can come present and then with that question, the better the answer will be for you at the end of the, at the end of the session. But how it works, and we can do this, if I'm in person, then you would shuffle the cards and put your energy on the cards. But I do a lot of readings over the phone, as you know, Christy, because we've never met in person. And then um, you can do them over Zoom as well, but I would just ask permission to shuffle for you. And then you throw out a number of how many times with your question, and then we go from there. And energetically, it always astounds me because to me, I look at this as a technology or as like a language is that something that I'll never get bored of learning. It's a lifelong learning for me. It's like if I were to study Chinese and, they, and the symbols, I would, there's just more I can learn. There's just yeah. more. Awesome. Okay. I'm excited. Thank you. You were so clear and articulate with that. And again, I'm just going to bring it back home to what I, how I introduced you. That's why I love you because you're, you're so, um, very humble. I, it's, it's very humble. It's major heart and very grounded in something that can be very esoteric and, and very vague and very, um, easily dismissed in regards to new age bullshit, to be honest. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like you give it credibility. And especially, you know, when you give it credibility for me is when, if you throw out like a month or a season, like you might say, uh, you said Leo season to me, it was something that I'd asked you about before. Mm -hmm. and, and it happens like during that time or something, or I'll say that something around that question happens very clearly in, in January. And you might have said January. So to me, wow. that just adds more to it, right? So um, yeah. just to, for anybody who, who needs that even more, I feel like well, you do that too. Yeah, and thank you for saying that. And I, and I love you too. And I, I've just loved our connection over the years. Um, and I just want to express, I, I really appreciate you saying the humbleness because I do feel like it's not really me. I mean, I've been gifted to have this this ability to do what I do. The language comes very easy for me, but it came easy for me. I'd studied for probably 12 years before I ever read for a human being and especially before I charged. So I do think there's a karmic responsibility around the cards. It's a tool like a hammer. This can do a lot of damage. It also can hang beautiful pictures and build a beautiful home. So in my classes, um, one of the things that I drill down is like, and I made this card deck. My deck doesn't have an instruction booklet because I think that's the damage that can happen is people find these little booklets and then they think they can read. Um, it takes years of practice, years of study, and it is the marriage of the intuition, the intuitive body, to also the archetypes of what's coming up. Um, so I do take it really seriously. And I was super afraid to step into the world to do this for that very reason, because there are a lot of charlatans I felt like it was, you know, kind of this, I didn't want to be, to be honest, I didn't want to be the cat lady that like red cards. <laughs> <laughs> I lived in the house with all the cats and then like, she was this weird. <laughs> cats, so like, like well, cats in Utah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't, I'm going to do it. But then I just, all, all of my being just took me there. Yeah. I love it. Scorpio, I'm a triple seven in numerology. So I started studying all of these 
astrology, numerology. And Wait, the you're seven in numerology? Mm -hmm. I'm a seven in numerology. You are? Oh, yeah. I knew it. <laughs> We're like the same being. I love it. Okay. So without further ado, let's, okay. um, let's get into it. So, uh, right. so first step is to ask your, we're going to just do a quick mini question, right? For you. Yep. Quick mini question. So ask the question first. Yep. Okay. In this case, you're going to ask the question so they, unless you want me to just see what's coming up. Let's see what's coming. Let's do that. We'll just see. Okay. What's okay. So, and then how many times do you want me to shuffle for this? Three. I was like, she's going to say seven. <laughs> okay. What is coming up for you? Now, this is an example of just a more vague question, right? It's just more like, okay, energetically, what's coming up? Because you can totally do. It just won't be as specific. Um, okay. Oh, all right. So the very first thing that's coming up is you have a lot going on in your thoughts and you've got a lot of ideas percolating. So it's like, tons of stuff in the mind, tons of ideas going on. And then it's like, you're going to commit to these ideas. That's what I see happening. You're going to create a contract or a commitment with yourself to your ideas. Is this resonating? Okay. At the top of it, what you are in, in your awareness, you are going through your own tower card experience. So this is the collectives going through the tower card. It came up for you, comes up a lot right now. This is 2020. But this is in your awareness that A, we're going through this as a collective, but B, this is happening in an individual scale as well. So it's like whatever wasn't serving you, you, you burn that house down basically. And you're going to reframe it or you're going to rebuild with something, a foundation that's better. So you're aware of that sitting in your awareness. Mm -hmm. What's sitting in your subconscious is this um, expression or, or desire to be more intuitive and hearing the message for your own intuition, having direct connection to source. So that's something that's coming up in your subconscious. Not that you don't have that, it's that you have this awareness that you wanna keep working on it. In the past, it's showing me that you have a lot of, lot of irons in the fire, a lot of different directions that you can go in with opportunities. Now opportunities can be opportunities to merge with other people, relationships, it can be jobs, it can be, you know, ideas, projects, those kinds of things. So that's kind of what's showing up in the past, but you're, it's more giving me the energy that you're waiting for the right opportunity. You're not going to strike on all the opportunities. You don't have enough energy for all that. So it's like, let me line up what my options are, and then I'm going to move forward with what's best. Mm -hmm. So that is using your intuition as waiting. Mm -hmm. It's a really beautiful card. What's coming, I'm going to wait for the future because I'm going to go over in this area right here. Okay. The weakness for you or the thing that you, I wouldn't say the weakness, um, it's the thing that you need to work on is not trying to forecast. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I never do that. <laughs> this is a pain for me too because as Scorpios, we're like, no, we need to know what's around the Okay. My five-year, 10-year goal, I need to know what coming up <laughs> let me show you what that looks like it's this little oh, guy so beautiful though <laughs> see that and then if you look it was upside down so this okay. is well this is the card of the long term like you know he's looking at the long term perspective yeah case was upside down and it's sitting in the position where it's like what you can work on so it's like 
don't worry so much about goals, but don't worry about everything. Yeah. You are creating something. You are birthing something new right now. So you are in the process of birthing something new. This can be project. This can be, um, I feel like this is a project. It feels like it's this idea. It's part of these ideas percolating. So that's what this looks like. Yes, I am actually. So that's cool. Oh, that card's beautiful. Go so see go. that? She's the tree and this oh, is her Everest. process. Oh, I love it. So that's your strength. Your strength is to stay within birthing the project. Sounds like you're doing that. I am. Um, the other thing is coming up is just the emotional, like you're very connected to your children's experience right now. And this is upside down. So this is telling me that you have an awareness that you want to make sure that they don't get upside down in their emotional experience with everything that's going on. So really being protective of what, how they're seeing the world. And then at the top of it, I'm seeing um, new structure coming in. This is new. So I have to show you the cards because this is your tower card. This is what you're aware of. Yeah. Burn the house down, starting with a new foundation. This is what you're working on, the Empress card, bringing in the creativity. And then this is where you're going to end up. This is a match. This is an energetic match. This is the Emperor and the Empress. They're the two trees. Mm -hmm. so saying that you're going to be building something Part of what you're creating is, is build. You'll have the right structure and you're going to be able to build something very large and very important and it will have the right structure. Now, this can be in a relationship or this can be in a project. So it's like, I'm building the right foundation. And it makes sense because you have the tower card, right? I am aware I have to let some things go. I have to be able to have a clean slate here so that I can bring in the new, bring in the creativity. And then what's coming for you in the future is that you need to trust your path. Oh, I love that. This is the little bunny that, and it upside down. So upside down means trusting the path and going back to this card is expressing like, but not trying to forecast it all. So be open to the path of mystery, open to what's, what you can't control. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. I do see happiness also. Ooh, transformation. So you also have paperwork that you may be signing. Do you know about that? I do not. Okay, I see a contract or paperwork that you're signing. And it brings you to a new life. This is new life. Oh, wow. This year. The cards are so beautiful. I love your cards. Thank you. They're Thank so, um, they're, they're whimsical, like they're fantastical. And, and there's like simplicity to it too. I love it. Yeah, I wanted them to be very approachable because in the past, like the tarot is there there's some scary imagery yeah. and I had young children around when I was started to play with them and I wanted them to be able now I don't read for children I think that like you need to be 18 or over because um, you don't want to influence a young mind but I do I wanted it to not be scary if they got a hold of them yeah. they sitting around but does that resonate with you your reading it does well I I love the idea of like towards the end that you were saying about a contract and paperwork because right now that's not I I that's not happening and I love the idea of just staying open to that like sure let's see I'm just mm -hmm. gonna <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not the future and just see best I can because that I, I am and I am getting much more comfortable with that I feel yeah. like as a collective, a lot of people are because none of us know. So yeah. there is so much more comfort in, in doing the moment by moment and, and going more inside because that right now, 
is the only thing you can really trust. Yeah. Consistent. So is there one thing that you hope that viewers who are watching or listening take away from this? Like, what would that one thing be? Yeah, I think you were so excellent at bringing up this question. And I think, it, I mean, I have to hand it to you because you were like, what is the thing that helps you discern between your intuition? So I think for viewers, it's like that you, that you have intuition, you have it in your body, that it is a muscle that you can exercise and that you can gain, um, you know, you can gain the right practice by, or that you can exercise that muscle and that you can um, be more intuitive once you listen. So I guess to reframe what you're saying is that, that they take away the ability to start practicing learning, you know, how to interface with their own intuition and that they become more intuitive and they trust themselves more. And then by trusting themselves more, just to add on, what, what is the benefit of that? Like what's the, what, what can they find? Like if they do put the work in to trust their intuition more, what, how can that change their life for the better? Oh my gosh, in so many ways, right? You don't have to take the pitfalls, right? Like you don't have to, in the example that we used earlier, you don't have to jump off the cliff to learn the lesson of like what your intuition is saying. You don't have to take it to that level. You can reframe or reroute. Um, and then you just avoid a lot of problems because your intuition is designed, like you said earlier, for protection. It really is to protect you. It's, it's a mechanism in your body to keep you on the right path. So you just avoid all this. I think about my own, my first relationship when this comes up because my whole intuitive body was like, this is not the right person for you, but I did it anyway, right? Because the brain overrides the intuition and then you're like, oh, but I love this person and all these things. And I could have avoided a lot of heartache, you know, with that mistake. But I mean, we take it now with a grain of salt, like I did learn and that's good and I, and I, and grateful for that experience, but I also could have learned without that. I love the idea too of your intuition also steering you towards a person. It's not that you're going yeah. outside first, like I wonder what Shirella is gonna think I wanna go and talk to her. It's like, who do I need to talk to right now? And then Shirella comes up, so I reach out to you. So you go yeah. in and then it guides you to who to go out to. Absolutely. If people wanted to find you, where can they find yeah. you? This, I'm Forrester Tarot on Instagram, or you can go to ForresterTarot.com and you can schedule a reading with me there. You can DM me through Instagram or you can, you can reach out. And thank you so much for, for sharing what you do and who you are. And thanks for having me on. Uh, it's always a joy to see your face and hear your beautiful voice and your closet seems like it's so fun.